Coming to you from the lab where they talk about guns, gear, training, and bigger than a few reminders. Be sure to be part of our growing community. Join our Discord page. There's a link in the show notes or you can hit me up on Instagram. And if you just do us a favor and subscribe to the show so you know when the newest episodes are coming out and then leave us a five star and comment. Yeah, we've been getting a few more comments, so yeah. keep them coming. Yeah, keep them coming. All right, so we are going to get into this interview. Interview Before we do that, tonight's interview is sponsored by Resurgent Arms. Get 12% off with our discount code, Gun Experiment 12 uh, You know, we love Will. We got to have him back yeah, on. Yeah, we're, 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 we got some stuff in the works. We're going to make an announcement well, you know, in there's probably some listeners who's never, who have not heard Will recently. That's or true. if ever, well, if they, they've not gone they back They need to go back to episode whatever that was. I have no idea what number it was. It was know. pretty early on. All right, you ready to do this? I guess so. All right, let's take care of introducing our guest here. I'm here. I have a hot cup of coffee. Our guest tonight is both a Second Amendment advocate and author. Having published several books regarding the Second Amendment, he has a particular passion for teaching children about gun safety. He also believes strongly in Jewish gun ownership and feels Jews should not be afraid nor hide their love of the Second Amendment. Please welcome Yehuda Reamer to the show. Yehuda, how are we doing? I am good. How are you? I'm We're doing excellent. I'm well. I'm well. So uh, happy you're here to uh, to hang out with us for a yeah, little bit. Yeah, hopefully that introduction did you justice. I hope it hope it met your your approval. It's better than my wife does for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I have I have a question before we get into any interview questions. This is tell us a little about yourself. No, I'm just kidding. This is, <laughs> so so for people listening, the first thing he told us is please don't ask me about to to talk about myself. Just ask me. Just let's have a conversation. <laughs> so we promised you who do we wouldn't do that. All right, so here's my question. And in the intro, I think I actually stole this off of your bio or whatever, but I said something about a, 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 a passion. Uh, it feels Jews should not be afraid nor hide. I have to tell you, as a 100% Sicilian raised Catholic. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Sicilian Jewish Catholic. I, I, I feel like I've been told before that like you can't call someone, you can't say the word Jew. Like that's like, it's like almost like the N word. Like you can't say that. And I, But I feel like what I have to say if a Jewish person wants to buy a gun, or can I say, if a Jew wants to buy a gun, I think they should X, Y, and Z. He's like, asking proper English here. Yes, I want to know what's acceptable. Okay, any Jew who says you can't say Jew is an idiot. <laughs> it's like, okay, it's settled. No, it is, it is, right? Like, like I'm completely, like, I'm, I grew up with Ben Shapiro, so I call myself a Ben Shapiro disciple. Um, I've known him for over 30 years. He wrote a review for my latest book. So that's kind of where my mindset is. So it's just one of those things, right? Like, am I a Jew? Yes. Am I Jewish? <laughs> yes. Are they the exact same thing? Yes. Yes. And it, it, it just it, it just people are looking for people are looking for something to get upset about, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. No, I, I'm not like what I am a Jew. It's I can't say I am a Jewish. Right. No, I am. I am a Jew. And that's always said, my point is like it's it's the singular form, right? Well, now it, it, that's a, yeah. That, that's all it is. It's it, it's all it's all grammar, and and it drives me crazy when people say things like, especially that they're like, oh, you know, you can't say Jew. I'm like, yes, you can. <laughs> right. Well, now it's settled. Yeah, you can yes. go back. All yes. right. I have it on the air. Person. And you can, I, I have proof. I, mean, I actually I have audio I mean, a, proof. A Jewish person said you can say Jew. Awesome. Thank you so much. I, yeah. I mean, look, if you're saying like, hey, Jew boy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We did not put right? boy like, in there. Hold on. Wait. Right? Like, like it, then, then you might be 
coming into some hot water and then, you know, got, might want to go a little America on on you, but <laughs> it's, it's like, no. What about, yeah. what about gr- growing up? The guys at work used to call my dad super Jew. Cause he, well, he is Jewish, but he always had this way of like making things happen. So they would call him the super Jew. Is I, that, I, is that okay? That's awesome. I thought so. I thought yeah. it was like a superhero. Yeah. You know, he, I, had, mean, I call, I call myself the pew pew Jew. So like, <laughs> I and, and like I literally have an entire brand built with the word Jew right in, in my brand name. So That's true. you know, I again, every situation is different. I, I have this one friend. Um, I used to work with him. He is as blonde hair and blue eyes as they come to the point. And and again, I am so politically incorrect on a very big scale. So like, he is blonde hair, blue eyes. He's a, a, a cop. He's a, you know, he owns a tactical store here in Texas. And when my last book came out, he asked me to sign it for him. And I literally signed it, Sieg Hale, and then my name. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> right? And, right? So, so my point is, like, he a lot of times is like, what's up, my Jew? And, like, <laughs> it, he's saying it, in, it, it as a term of endearment. He's not. Right. He, you know what I'm saying? Like. My if, wife, yeah, if a, guy, if a guy with a big swastika band or right. tattoo on his arm comes up to you and goes, hey, what's up, Jew? Yeah. yeah well, then, yeah, then I'm going to say, hey, man, back off a little. Yeah, well, but, like my, my wife's uncle is Jewish, and uh, I've told him before, I'm like, you're my number two Jew because Christ <laughs> is my first, you know? But <laughs> anyway, so listen. Uh, yeah. So despite growing up in a house where uh, there were no guns, uh, the Second Amendment has become a really major part of your life, right? So lots of people that get into shooting – uh, but what made you decide you wanted to be such an advocate for the second amendment? So I actually fell into the advocacy aspect, um, of the gun world. So when I was married, I had two, I mean, when I was married, I'm still happily married, but, um, when I, when I back, I lived in LA, grew up in LA my whole life, hence the no guns and being an Orthodox Jew, uh, double that. So, uh, I bought my first gun. I was probably about, I think it was 2010 or 11. Okay. And so I've been married for a couple of years. I had two kids. I out of the house. It was a Glock 19 Gen 3. I still have that gun to this day. And every Wednesday night, I used to go, my, my wife and I and kids would go to my parents' house and we would have dinner with them and really just use them for their laundry machine. <laughs> And um, what happened was, is one one night we were there and my younger brother was like, hey, man, when are we going to go shoot your Glock? And my parents went like full Chernobyl, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, what? like, do, do you remember that scene? Do you remember that scene from Raiders Did they call, the did they call you Boopy and go, Boopy, you got a gun? Yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> do you remember that scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark where the guy like opens the Ark and then his face melts off? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like that literally was my parents, right? Like I saw the skin <laughs> drooping, and and um, it, it was it was crazy. They they didn't talk to me for weeks. They were so upset. Wow. They were well because it was a matter of like, oh, how do you bring a firearm into the house? You have kids. It's irresponsible. You you shouldn't do it. They're gonna die. And I'm like, whoa, there. Um, and I decided, you know, my as crazy as my parents are. There is, they do have a small point, and that point was not that you shouldn't bring guns into the house, but if you are going to bring guns into the house, and this is this this wasn't their point, but 
they were just talking and talking and talking, and this is what I got out of all yeah. their yelling at you, me. You, you came to this conclusion after talking with them. Well, I came to the conclusion after trying to shut their like yelling at me out of out of my brain. Like, just I don't want to hear them yelling at me. And it hit me as they're saying how irresponsible I am for bringing a gun into the home. It hit me. It's like, whoa, I'm not irresponsible, but I need to become more responsible. Right. Good. Yeah. And that, and, and in regards to your children, I'm assuming is where you're going. Right. It, it, yeah. Yes. With regards to well, not just with regards to my children, right? Like. With regards of being a responsible gun owner. Yes. So what happened was, is I, I went to the NRA's website and I started doing, you know, the Eddie Eagle program and it, it's great. But I realized that the Eddie Eagle program only touches on what to do if you find a gun somewhere it's not supposed to be when gun safety is so vastly big. I mean, just so much more. So... I went to the next best place for research. I went to Amazon and I was looking for a book that I can read to my children. Not a book that I can read for myself, but a book that I can sit down at bedtime and read them a story, you know, a story about gun safety. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was honestly shocked that there was nothing on the market designed specifically for ages six to 10, if you will, five to 10 dealing about gun safety, right? They had, they had sex ed, they had drug education, they had stranger <laughs> danger, but no books on firearms. And that kind of launched you into this world of advocacy? Well, yes. So I decided I'm going to write the book because I'd always loved creative <laughs> writing. And I kind of wrote it on my cell phone, um, on my uh, Apple notes, Um one day, it took me about 20 minutes. I sent it to a buddy of mine who was in the LAPD, and he tore the book to shreds with constructive criticism, took me to the range, really, really educated me. And it took me about five years to get my first book published. Uh, I was turned down constantly by publishing companies, by, um, by uh, literary agents, and it was, it was very disheartening. Yeah. Eventually, I did get it published. And I was <laughs> this man. This this was so funny. I was I, I was always afraid of my own shadow. I was always the guy behind the scenes. I never was in front of a camera. I hated it. And I'll never forget the first podcast I went on was a pre-recorded podcast. And to tell you, I was in the bathroom for like three hours before <laughs> the podcast. What it is not a lie. I mean, I literally my stomach was freaking flip doing flips and and it, it was it was brutal and it was a pre-recorded podcast but then as i'm like building and getting out there i tried sending my book to alan gottlieb at the second amendment foundation mm-hmm. who you know they do fantastic work yep and i didn't hear from him because i wanted him to write like an endorsement for my book i didn't hear from him and uh then it was the about three months after my book came out my book came out in January, so this was April time. Um, I went to the USCCA Expo. It was in Dallas, where I live, or Fort Worth, where you know, right where I live. And um, and uh, sorry, I just see a bug on my bed. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I went to the USCCA Expo, and, and there was Alan Gottlieb, and he's like, 
I'm like, oh my God, Mr. Gall, you know, I've been trying to get in touch with you, blah, blah. And he's like, he's like, oh, he's like, you know, I actually saw your book. He goes, it's a great book. What can I do for you? I'm like, well, can you write me an endorsement? He's like, yep, no problem. Let's do it. He goes, by the way, do you want to speak at the gun rights policy conference? So that was and, it. You were just like off and running from there. Right. But what happened was, is keep in mind, I hate speaking publicly. I hate being on <laughs> podcasts. So I'm, I'm like, and again, I was, I've been in the industry for like three months. I know nobody in the firearms industry at that point. Like literally no one. You're selling yourself a little short here. I think, you know, you, you fulfilled a need that I know we're very uh, positive about on the show. And we talk a lot about, I, I've personally purchased uh, the 27 words uh, book that you've written. And, um, I, you know, so I think you're filling a need that really needed to be done. And, you know, you embrace this, even though it was a short period of time, three months in, you're, you're getting to do things. Oh, that... I, I agree with you, but like to get, like, this is how I got into the advocacy side. Okay. He asked me if I would want to speak and I'm like, sure. And that, like I said, three months in, I knew nothing about the firearms industry. So I'm thinking to myself, Trial all right, fire. all right. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, gun rights policy conference. How many people can there be there in the audience? Like 30 or 40? <laughs> and right, and, and I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll speak, not knowing what the hell I was doing. And then I turned to him and I'm like, oh, by the way, how many people usually attend this conference? He goes, oh, about four or five hundred. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And and I literally went home. I walked into my house, and my wife turns to me. She goes, "You are white as a <laughs> ghost." And I turned to her completely serious i said i think i messed up big time <laughs> and i wrote a speech by the time it, uh, the grpc rolled around it was about six months after i or four or five months after i after i said yes i'd do it i'd already built a, a friendship with a lot of people who were going to be there and uh, one woman in particular who i call my two-way mom a woman named cheryl todd who runs Gun Freedom Radio, a fantastic uh, gun radio show. Um, I ran a joke by her, and it was the opening of my speech. And literally, this is what changed everything. In front of about 350 people, I get up there, par like terrified, and I said, you know, I want to thank everyone for being here, but there's one person in particular I really need to thank because he got me into the advocacy side. He got me into the into defending the two-way. And I said, although he's not sitting in the audience today, I do need to publicly thank Barack Obama. <laughs> and to say, I mean, I li literally, that was my opening line. I got a standing ovation and all the nerves, We're the gone. tension That's great. just disappeared. And ever since then, that's literally how I got into the advocacy side of. The so your parents, your your parents sort of guilted you into the advocacy part. You you know, tell your mom that I said that; she'll appreciate it. <laughs> and um, I, but what attracted you to to buying that first firearm? Firearm was it was it the fact that you had children and you wanted to protect them? Yeah, we never really got that part or, of it. We know you bought one, but what was that cause, right? Because it was freaking cool, man. Like, here I am from Los Angeles, right? And my buddy calls me. He's like, hey, man, you want to go shooting? And I'm like, yeah. let's go shooting. And, and, and I'm not lying to you. It was right out of a movie. The guy like took out like this 
big le- leather rolling thing. I don't even know what you call it. It's like he unrolls it and there's like AR, AR, handgun, shotgun, handgun, shotgun, AR, AR. And I'm just like, I'm like, who the hell are you? I'm like, you're one of my best friends. Like, what, what in God's name? And I mean, I'll be honest. I grew up a, a spoiled LA boy, right? I mean, spoiled LA boy. And, you know, it never dawned on me that civilian, because I didn't care about politics, right? I was just doing my own thing, living, living the life, hanging out at the beach all day. Uh, it never dawned on me that civilians were allowed to own firearms. It just the only people allowed to own firearms were police, yeah, law enforcement, well, well, police, military, and bad guys had that. That's it. <laughs> right, right, right. Like a civilian, I didn't care about the Second Amendment. Second Amendment, I didn't know what the Second Amendment was. <laughs> But all of a sudden, he took me and and like it was freaking like Ramboville and <laughs> and and I just got like, oh my god, I need a gun. Well, Yehuda, it's interesting you say that because I, I feel like there's this notion that uh, people of the Jewish faith aren't are typically anti-gun, and in our area, so we're we're in New York, and we have a, a fairly large Hasidic community by us, and we've seen the Hasidic communities in our area start to get more and more pro-gun. And, and for you know, a long time. Yeah. For a long time. Why have uh, those of the Jewish faith resisted firearms for so long? You know, why, why do you think that is? I mean, it's interesting, right? This is this is like a whole podcast in itself. Uh, I mean, this is a series of podcasts. But uh, in short, Jews tend to be more anti-gun because of the way everything rolled out between 1850 in Europe and America till now. And what I mean by that is you had a ton of Jews in Europe who, you know, were constantly being attacked by Cossacks and were, you know, were being uh, thrown in these ghettos, even, I mean, pre-Holocaust, you know, little little Jewish ghettos um, in Europe. And what happened was is if, if, you know, someone would attack a Jew, but the Jew would retaliate, let's say kill a Cossack, well, they would come back a hundredfold and kill more than just one. Mm. So the Jews learned, hey, we're just going to keep our heads down. Whatever happens, happens, and we're going to become meek and weak. It's interesting. And, right. And then what happens is, okay, you get early 1900s America, you have Jews who were here who, at that time, Jews were voting Democrat and Republican. If you, if you right. had a Democratic mayor, that didn't mean you're not voting for the Republican governor. It, it just whoever was best for the Jews at that moment, really. Right. We, we've seen, we've seen in our area there, I mean, there's a very, they are a very large voting block in our area. Mike and I were actually having a conversation about this privately, you know, not too long ago, but I don't know if you've seen, well, long story short, we have a lot of guests on, obviously, um, that are advocates from all over, all walks of life, but a lot of them cannot relate to what Mike and I go through living in New York and the gun laws that we're constantly battling against. And one of the things that we have seen and we kind of want, we wanted to bring up for discussion with you, we're not sure, you'll have to help us out here if you've not seen any sure. of these pictures, but there are there are pictures of you know, individuals within this Hasidic community community in our area with non-compliant New York non-compliant rifles standing on like they're on the front page of the paper. You know, like this was back when one of their the rabbis had uh, in their community had been stabbed, I believe. I think, yeah. And um, you know, they they were showing 
that they were there defending the rest of the family and there to defend the rest of uh, of the, their congregation. And I think that, you know, again, we were kind of like, wait a minute, why are they allowed to stand there openly and be pictured in the media with non-compliant New York weapons, but yet we all have to abide by the rules? And Yehoda, you know I'm not saying that they shouldn't be allowed to. I think they no, should have whatever not. they want, right? You know what I mean? But it was interesting. How were they able to sort of like thumb their noses? Well, I of, at, co- I of course thought the answer to that question, Mike, was the voting block. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I will say this: we were also were like, "That's cool, like awesome." Oh, yeah. yeah, we yeah, really we yeah, loved yeah, it, yeah. you know. But it was it was like, man, how how were they able to do this so Is it openly? They had, uh, the governor's number on speed dial that they were able to do yeah. that, like. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll be honest; I know exactly the picture you're talking about, and I know I, I know the guy in the picture, and. All those Hasidic Jews here talking about who are now um, who are now uh, um, combating Hochschul's uh, ridiculousness. Yeah, um, hopeless, I'm, I'm, friends, I'm, I'm friends with the gut main guy. Okay, um, his name's Steve Waldman. He's doing an amazing job for. I mean, granted, he's doing it for you know gun rights or Jewish rights type of thing, but. Yep, that kind of spills over. You know, it would end up helping everyone. So, yeah, we're we're okay um, with yeah, him saying gun, gun rights, Jewish rights. That's fine. Right, yeah. right. So, so I, I know exactly. I I was not aware that they had non-compliant rifles. Well, they had. Um, well, ARs are pretty much non-compliant unless yeah, they're. You know. Yeah. Again, I I don't I I can't give you a real answer for that one. Yeah. Again, I know the person who was in that picture. I just don't necessarily know. That's all right. Yeah, so, no, it was more of just if you had, if you knew kind of what, you know, what sort of we're dealing with in New York and, you know. Uh, oh, I'm very more, familiar. I mean, look, you have, to, you have to remember, I I try to pay attention and obviously it's not easy, but I do pi- try to pay attention to gun rights across the country, not just in Texas. We were more proud that they basically in our opinions and lack of a better term stuck their middle finger up to the law and said yeah. we're, we're we're doing this we're defending ourselves right. and, we're not going to just let people right. just kill us right, right? That, which and, is what it should be right. that was more how we took the photo we you know i kind of joke about it that that i wish i could walk around with a nun, yeah. but, but but the reality is i'm happy that well keith did turn amish the other day when he found <laughs> out the amish true. were <laughs> that i don't have to take a photo for my ffl which is gonna that's not true don't anybody do that but you know <laughs> i i kind of want to stay along this topic for a minute here so uh, we've all heard the phrase never again uh, used yes. in regards to the Holocaust. And you have said never again means nothing if you aren't willing to do something about it. Right. So yep. can you tell us why gun ownership is particularly important to you, not only as an American, but as an Orthodox Jew? Well, I mean, it, it's simple. You know, uh, I lost over 60 relatives during the Holocaust and oh. and I don't want my kids to have to hide in the attic. Yeah, I mean that's re- that's really what it comes down to. That's fair. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing that more uh, people don't have that opinion. You know, like in other words, like we we've we've been down a long road here, and we don't ever want it to happen again. And one way to do that is to ensure you have a way of protecting, protecting yourself. Right. You know, what I, mean, I find the- ironic is that the phrase "never again" is also often used in support of gun control. <laughs> That's the part that I find. Yeah, like, the, well, the, the the left hijacks everything, right? I mean, <laughs> we, we all know that we all know that the left of America are some of the most unoriginal people on the face of the planet. They steal so, shamelessly. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they steal shamelessly, and they they literally hijack everything. But look, in terms of in terms of Jews who are you know 
you want to see Jews being more pro-gun. Again, you guys can have me on and this can be the, the sole focus because this is something that I talk about extensively, um, especially because I tried very hard to, to – right after the Holocaust, Jews have become known as sheep led to slaughter, right? That, that's just the way it is. We were all led to slaughter in the cattle cars. Um, I, while, while a lot of that is true, I try very hard to, to, I try very hard to say, guys, we come from a very rich heritage of a warrior mentality, right? Our, the Bible, the Old Testament, when I say the Bible, Old Testament is chock full of crazy warriors and crazy stories sure. about Jews fighting yes. back, right? It's time yes. to embrace that David versus Goliath mentality and move away from the sheep led to slaughter mentality. You have you have said that, you know, you 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 had you you were given this pew pew Jew nickname and you just kind of ran with it. When did the shirts come along? Uh, the timeline. You know, you have some really, really good ones and you mentioned the cattle car. You know, people with ARs don't get in cattle cars. I just <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. And uh, you, you should you should hear the other one that I'm thinking about making, but that one might be a little too controversial. But oh, well, you can maybe maybe we'll try to maybe we'll bring it up in a second. But I really like I really like the menorah with light them up and and all the different <laughs> firearms. So honestly, I mean, any of the listeners, if you have not seen you know gone out and considered these shirts, you need to go take a look. They are absolutely hilarious. But when did they come along in the timeline? Because they are really really good, and I think that you know I think. It's we need a little more, um, you know, humor in this type of stuff, right? You know, I, I think we were talking yes, about that earlier. Yeah, no, I, I know exactly. So, so the the pew pew Jew came along um, in 2018. I started writing my book, 27 Words, and that's when my buddy called me the pew pew Jew, and I'm like, oh, that's gonna be my new my new go to. I'm I'm gonna be the pew pew Jew. And, you know, I called my illustrator. I'm like, hey, dude, I need a logo that has the words, the pew, pew, Jew, a gun and the Star of David all wrapped in one. And <laughs> That's it. Well, I told you I told you earlier today, I love the logo. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I literally he literally came up with that um, with that logo within three days. This guy, my, my, my guy is is just a freaking genius wizard when it comes to this kind of stuff. And. I launched it, and then um, I would say the whole actual Pew Pew Jew brand, I think, was officially launched in either late 2018 or early 2019. Um, I launched with four shirts, um, and then I realized that if I want to survive, I have to learn Adobe Illustrator um, because you know my I had to pay a guy to do my designs. Yep. So I kind of forced myself to learn Adobe Illustrator, um, which was great, and uh, uh, yeah, and then the, the shirts just just you know they pop into my head and and do you have I'm a like, lot Ooh. of repeat? Do you have a lot of repeat customers because you have a huge yeah. selection of shirts? And I have to be honest, some of our other you know Second Amendment fellow YouTube our podcasters, YouTubers, advocates, all that stuff out there, they do not have the selection that you yeah. have in the shirt size or the shirt. Uh, types there are i mean what are there 5 10 15 20 20 35 40 shirts and that's that's and i and i 
I go through my website and cut like 10 to 15 shirts every few months. So in reality, if I put every single shirt I've ever had on my website up, I would have probably close to 170. Wow. wow. Holy moly. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so a lot but, of people come back I, and buy more than one or come back m- multiple times. Yeah. So a lot of people come back and buy shirts, but a lot of people, you know, do get signed copies of their books, Yep. Uh, of my books for their kids. Uh, my latest book, Bullet Points. Um, that one has been a massive success. I don't know if you guys saw that. One. I do. I actually want to talk about that. So, uh, <laughs> so, so you have yes. a book. You have this book entitled Bullet Points, and it's uh, Bullet Points: Reasons Why Americans Should Embrace Common Sense Gun Laws. So, I, I'm doing my research for the show, and I see this, and I go, "Oh man!" I go because I I've heard you on other we shows. Mis- we made a mistake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. So I've heard you on I've heard you on other podcasts, and I've heard you on interviews, and I've read some stuff. Uh, from you and so I was like oh man I am going to have to press you who on this like I mean obviously everyone's entitled to opinion and maybe there's some things that I'm missing here but I'm I want to know where his headspace is at so then I realized the joke was on me so (laughs) would you like to tell our listeners why I would have struggled in debating you on this (laughs) yeah I love this book Um, (laughs) I came out with this book um, I literally released this book because, um, you know, like you said earlier, right? There's too many people in our industry that just don't take themselves seriously. And everything is so serious. And that's why, just just side note, before we get back to bullet points, that's why people always ask me, like, what's my favorite gun company? And I straight up say High Point. <laughs> and, 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 look, you and Tony I Simon. Tell, <laughs> right? Well, okay, oh, I love Tony. So, I will tell you why, uh, why High Point, right? They are the only firearms manufacturer that knows their place in the industry, owns it, and jokes about it. Right. Fair you enough. You make fun of Glock. You make fun of HK. You make fun of Smith & Wesson. These guys get their panties so tied up in a wad that you, you can literally get coal out of them, all right? These <laughs> guys, High Point, they know what they produce. And clearly people are buying high points because they are still in business and they are not trying to be, they're not trying to be staccato. They're not trying to be anybody else but high point. And you can make fun of them and they own it and they love it. And that is why high point is my favorite firearms company. You it's kind of like when you're a kid on the playground and if you have, you know, whatever, like like I'm, I'm super skinny, right? If, if you own that and you just make skinny jokes about yourself, like no one can hurt well, you. Well, kind of right? like, it's, like right. uh, you know, if you pee your pants and you call yourself Stainer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, exactly. No, and, that, and that's why, like, I love High Point. So, you know, I was, I was, um, I was not called Stainer in school just to clear things up. That was from a movie, I, I think, right? I, it was from a movie. Yeah. Thank you. Don't, don't worry. Adam Sandler says you ain't cool if you don't pee your pants. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's true. true. Too. <laughs> um, so, no, so, so with bullet points, I, I was, I was, um, I don't know. I, I forgot even how it popped up, even though the book, his book is a few years old. Uh, you know, Michael Knowles has the book Reasons to Vote Democrat. Um, I don't know if you've seen that. No. But, yeah. So Michael Knowles, the guy who worked with Ben Shapiro, has a book called Reasons to Vote for Democrats. And it's 180 pages of blank pages. And, <laughs> and I was like, that is hilarious. <laughs> and, you know, didn't think anything of it. And I don't remember how it popped up on my feed. And I think it was one time I, I was, it was like, right in the heat of, you know, like a whole mom's demand action thing. And they're like, oh, common sense gun law, common sense gun law. 
And I'm like, God, there really are no reasons for common sense gun law. And then it hit me. I am going to troll the living hell out of everybody in our industry (laughs) as well as the liberals. Like it it would be like the ultimate troll book. for I wanted, to, I wanted to know how many people have bought it on title alone. I have to tell you, I have a friend, and he's a, he's a genuinely good friend, but we don't agree on gun rights at all. And I want to send him the link and be like, listen, this is a pro-gun guy who wrote this book, and I think it's some common ground for you and I. Please buy it. I, buy it and, and, I, and, and read it. I think it would be a good read for you. I think you'll need to buy it for yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, but that, that's that's really how I thought of it. And then then the story about bullet points is great because I, I, I thought of it. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Mom at Arms, the website. No, no. I'm not. Okay, so you guys got to check them out. The, the woman who runs it, this woman named Jill McDaniel, um, is literally like my evil twin sister who I've never met. Um, and and she, she is – yeah, she is me, but in like non-Jewish girl form, um, and and she and I have become like thicker than thieves. So she she literally, I, I called her up. I'm like Jill. Oh, Mom at Arms is single-handedly taking on Mom's Demand Action. I mean, single-handedly. They 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 have broken countless stories. FPC has used their research. They're fantastic. So I called Jill, and I'm like Jill, listen, this is my idea for a book. Um, I said, I have the chapters, um, I have everything in place, um, but I want you, you know, at first I was going to have her write a forward, but I, I scratched the forward idea. However, I'm like, hey, this is my idea. And she got so excited. She's like, oh, my God, can I start screwing with everybody? And and keep in mind, right, like the woman I told you, Cheryl Todd, she wrote a review for me, Anna Polina Luna running for Congress in – Florida wrote a, uh, a review. Mike Mahalski, the owner of found, uh, uh, Sons of Liberty Gunworks, wrote a review. Even Brandon Herrera, right? The freaking AK guy who I'm buddies with wrote a review for me, right? So I called all these guys up and I told them the idea behind my book. And I said, hey, can you write reviews? They're like, yes. So here I am talking with my friend Jill. And within days, my book was going to be released in about a month. Within days of talking to her, she went freaking like just scorched earth, right? She was like, "Oh, we all love the pew pew Jew, but we've got wind. We got wind that he's coming out with a book about common sense gun law." And she started <laughs> building it up like crazy to the point where it got so like real. And like she was in, she was loving the hell out of it, right? Of course, she was, like, yeah. Not, non-stop trolling literally everybody like li- to the point where i had people like big names in the industry who i'm friends with they're like dude what is going on and these were people that can like make or break a career and i was like this is my book that i'm coming out with so you're gonna hear bad things that i've compromised on the two-way that i'm a red coat and that i've embraced common sense gun law i said but in reality it's a 220 page book that is completely blank because there are no reasons to embrace common sense gun law. In the description on my website, as well as on Amazon, it says like, P.S., this book is mostly blank for those that can't take a joke. I saw that. Yeah, well, that's how I figured it out. So obviously I read a little. I I, I don't just go off the title of things. I actually read what things are about. So no. That's kind, of, kind of how I, well, uh, I, I came out. I came out with a meme 
uh, quoting Shannon Watts that said, never her holding my book and it says, never judge a book by its cover. <laughs> so like, like the book just rolled out and people were like, okay, you know what? We've, we've loved you for years. We're going to buy it and support you. We really hope you did sell out. I'm like, do me a favor, buy the book with an open mind. And I had people coming back at me. We're like, dude, we, we, we bought three more copies, one for our anti-gun sister-in-law, <laughs> one for our father. Like, like people just bought the book left and right. And it was amazing. And it's still selling. Um, it, it's still selling. It's great. I know you have another book, 105 Explosive Gun Jokes. So you, you <laughs> yes. clearly, clearly, like you know, it, it's obvious that you like to have fun with the industry, and it's, it, it's, you know, it's good to see that too, right? Because there's one thing to be an advocate. It's one thing to, it's a very serious issue, right? But you do have to have a lighter side, and and it seems like you've sort of struck that that balance, which is amazing. Um, I want to get to the next segment for our show, but where can people find you? Yeah, so really across the board, all social media platforms. Um, I'm at the Pew Pew Jew. Don't forget the the Pew Pew Jew on Instagram. Um, I have two accounts. I have the Pew Pew Jew backup because for the last four months they've throttled me back, but it seems slowly it's passing the algorithm. More... Yeah, it's passing the algorithm. I think <laughs> I think they finally like let let go the reins a little. So yeah. um, Twitter, I'm at the Pew Pew Jew. My website is the Pew Pew Okay. Like you said, guys, I have tons of like fantastic shirts. My gun control is not kosher with a big fat pig on it. It's <laughs> one of the hottest sellers. Um, I have camo yarmulkes. I have come and take it in Hebrew. Don't tread on me in Hebrew. And um, then you can get all my books signed uh, at my website. Awesome. Well, I have all those links in the show notes so people can find it pretty easily, but obviously a good Google search will do the same thing. So we uh, we play a, sh- uh, a game on this show called Run and Gun, and it's uh, 10 questions, rapid fire, and your friend Tony Simon is actually the long, long time champion of this. Are you ready to do this? Yes, I am. All right, here we go. What is your favorite gun in your personal collection? My DEFCON 3 Glock 19. What gun would you buy if money was no object? Uh, MP5. If you could have a drink with one person living or dead, who would it be? Judah McAbee. Favorite caliber? Nine mil. Favorite hobby, not gun related? Writing. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Invisibility. All hell breaks loose. Is it better to be armed or trained? Armed. Is it better to be loved or feared? Loved. Rifle, pistol, or shotgun? Rifle. You're in the worst scenario imaginable. Who do you want to have your back other than your spouse? Mm, darn it. My buddy Craig. What do we oh. get? Whoa. 48.89. Oh. So close. So Tony's, oh, Tony, Tony's 46, oh, 46 right? 46 and some change. Two, oh, yeah. two, two seconds. Off. Uh, that last question. That last question. The last question is what did it? He was on a roll. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy, man. Sorry about that. It's time for Top Gear. Let us test it before you invest it. So on this episode of Top Gear, we review the V3 gun belt and DEFCON 3 custom firearms. But before we get to that, Top Gear is brought to you by Onsite Firearms Training. 
They have an extensive course offering and teach classes across the country. You're guaranteed to find a course to meet your needs, so check them out and get trained by the same outfit that trains the gun experiment. Uh, do we have anything on the agenda with them? I feel like I haven't seen Ben in forever. <sighs> we got to talk to him. All right, we got to make it happen. Um, anyway, he's going to be at our club. Uh, yeah, soon. Our club, so. soon. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so we are going to do a couple things. Uh, I'm going to review one thing, and then Yehuda, you're going to review something as well. So... Uh, I will take the lead on this. I saw this sitting across the table. I almost picked it up a couple times. Okay, so uh, this is... I didn't want to touch it. Looked looked fancy. <laughs> this is uh, uh, the V3 gun belt by Vetter Holsters. So I have a EDC belt from Blue Alpha that I love. And the one thing I don't like about that particular belt... So they, they make a Cobra buckle belt. Yes. And then they make one that kind of just like it loops through a, a little loop and it comes back around on itself in Velcros. And that's the one I have. And what I like about that belt is that it's super slim and like like a low profile. Mm-hmm. The Cobra buckle, I think, is a little bulky for an EDC belt for my taste. But what I don't Does like... Does it match your style? I, I like the Cobra buckle. I just think it, it adds a little more bulk okay. to your waist, to your waist, right? I'm trying to stay skinny. and uh, Think skinny. Yeah, think skinny. So... The, the problem with the one that I have, even though I love it and I've carried it for years at this point, is you can't just unbuckle it. You have to unloop it and it has to come back out through all the loops. And can't get out of those pants fast enough. Exactly. <laughs> it causes problems. So I saw this from Vetter. I'm more curious about why you're trying to get out of the pants so fast. <laughs> you have to go to the bathroom really bad and you got a gun on you. There's a lot of I things. I was hoping that, it was better. Like, you know. Well, that too, but <laughs> whatever. So... I saw this belt and I was like, I want to give this a try. So I bought it. Uh, I bought this with my own money. And it's basically, it's super low profile. Keith, you can see the buckle. It's it's very, very thin. Yep. And it's got a hook. And I was a little afraid that it might like come undone on its own, but it's actually kind of hard. Like, you have to really, you kind of have to like finesse it and t- to get yeah, it I off. Want, I want to... I'm going to finagle give it, to you a second. it. I want to finagle it. So anyway, uh, I really like it. Um, I think it's, if I'm being honest, I don't think it's quite as stiff as the one from Blue Alpha, but well, not. That, that was what I was just looking at. It's not, definitely not. Not by a lot, though. I, I had them both in my hand the other day. It's not as stiff, but it does the job. And at, once Dude, you set it. This is really your waist size? Yeah. Fucking A, man. This every time I put it on, it just makes it the right size every time it's exactly where i need it to hold my gun in place so i do like it um it i comes, will tell you what i like right away is the the length of velcro that's available yes adjustment yes. and and you had to choose like kind of like are you between these sizes sort of a thing so that would cover a few way sizes but it comes in black wolf gray coyote brown it cost 53 dollars uh, the buckle is a billet aluminum hook buckle, which I think is super cool. I, I, I like even the look of it is kind of cool. Uh, it's a stiff dual layered nylon. Again, I don't think it's the thickest, but I do think it's more than sufficient. And I think, what is this other thing you haven't got? I'm going to get to that. Okay. Uh, it's made in the USA, 30 day money back guarantee and has a lifetime warranty. So I paired this with something that's not from them. And I can't tell you the company that it's from because I threw away the envelope and they don't have their name on it anywhere. And I looked high and low and I can't find them. That's like a ma- it's like a uh, Freemason symbol. Yeah. <laughs> so it's cool though. It's it's an elastic. Basically, it's an elastic band. Yeah, and well, I mean, it looks like you could put like something in between, like almost exactly like a, what it is. You could put like a medical kit in between this. So it's mag. meant for a mag. Yeah. Mag. So you can. It's basically just an elastic band. 
It, it's a pocket, it, like an they, elastic pocket. They run between, it's literally an elastic band you put on your belt. Yeah. And when you're not carrying a mag, it's flat. So it just, it doesn't interfere with you wearing the belt at all. I'm trying to figure out like, how do I describe this to a listener? Like a Chinese handcuff, but uh. <laughs> Um, Yeah, I guess. It's a sleeve, right? Sleeve. It's, a, it's a sleeve. It's an elastic go. sleeve that fits on your belt. Yeah. And it just, I just leave it on there. And when I want to put a, a mag, when I want to put a mag in there, and I've taken a mag in there and sh- like sh- oh, like whipped not, it around, it, it's tight. This it won't come. This out. is not coming out. I've also seen people. I mean, you could do this all kinds of stuff. You could stash money in there. You could stash. I saw people know. put money. I saw people put uh, Leathermans in them. Yep. I saw people put tourniquets in them. Your so, car key probably would fit in there. Maybe I'd be a little dicey. Yeah, like a, like a key fob. Key for you. Yeah, key yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it, this annoyed me about this particular company. It was $7. So I was like, shit, for $7, what do I have to lose? And I didn't realize I put it in my cart, bought it. They charged me $7 in shipping, which I friggin' hate. There's no so way that was- 14 bucks. 14 bucks, which just charged 14 bucks. Like, mm. like the fact that you tried to fool me on it kind of pissed me off. But I, I will say this, I've been carrying a mag with me everywhere. Oh yeah, it's good. So it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a good way to carry a mag. Do you feel mag. that that, like, cause it won't hide a whole mag. So there's part of your mag to do it. System your fire. You had the slide done by someone else and then you sent it all to him and he seracoded the whole thing. Yeah. So, so I sent, yeah. So I, I got the, I got the, fr- I got the um, slide done from Maple Leaf. I believe if I remember I had Maple Leaf send the slide directly to, uh, to, him. to him. And then do you have a stock um, barrel or did you get an upgraded barrel? So eventually, as again, as I'm building my name and and my brand in the industry and actually making, you know, um, waves a little, if you will, uh, every now and then there'll be a company that I'll reach out to them. I'm like, hey, you know, can you tell me about this? And they're like, oh, we'll just send you one. So I actually reached out to Faxon because Faxon, I didn't even know they were following me on social media. And all of a sudden they start commenting on some of my posts and I happen to be looking for a threaded barrel for a Glock 19 because um, I have a suppressor in jail. So I'm waiting <laughs> for, a, for a nine mil. So I was like, oh, you know, I actually was just on your website looking for um, a not, nothing barrel. fancy, just just a, a, a plain black threaded uh, barrel. And the, the, the uh, I, I don't know, who, whoever was in charge of their social media, they're like, hey, man, no, we love your stuff. We're ju- we'll just send you a barrel. Right. I'm like, wait, what? So yeah, so right now I do have a uh, threaded barrel from Faxon um, inside the gun. Nice. The gun is Cerakoted, a battle-worn bronze. Yeah, um, I, yeah I, I, cool. I wanted, the one thing I want to talk about, because this is always, even before I had talked to you about yours, when I look at their stuff, the thing that they're known for, aside from their bordering and all that stuff, is, and I'm going to try to describe this the best I can, if you take, if you're a right-handed shooter, and you grab a gun with your strong hand, your right hand, where your index finger wraps around the gun, they are known, he's known for, he like basically makes that undercut super high, but he also kind of creates this like shelf, if I could describe it that way. It kind of kind of comes out a little bit. A place bit. For, your, for your stronghand finger to go. It kind of like slides in there, like yep. it's like fitted for your finger. Yep. And then he polishes it with this super high gloss finish. Yeah, and which looks like metal. Yeah, it's it's super super nice looking, and I'm assuming it must feel great on your on your hand. That like smooth oh, finish. I, I I just took it out of my safe because it's right on my bed, and I'm holding it right now. Yeah, 
And I think I need to hang up with you guys. And- <laughs> go squeeze. Well, go you know what? Go take out the, gonna go take out the I gotta go squeeze right now. <laughs> well, listen, you know, actually, you know what? That's that's not a well, problem. Well, give us a price range. On yeah, this. what are we looking at for these things? So I think his his most advanced uh, best package is called the Alpha One Signature, I believe, and it starts at four fifty. Okay. okay. All right, and I saw I saw for Sig they were like two fifty up to three fifty was the prices I was seeing. So okay, so I, again, I, I didn't really look at Sig just because I'm a Glock guy, but yeah. I will I will tell you um, because I have tendonitis, um, I carry a Glock forty three X as my EDC. Yeah, uh-huh. and um, I have this you know the shield arms hardware and carrying fifteen plus one and the little gun. And as soon as his books open, I'm going to be sending my 43X to him um, because I I, it just it helps with the tendonitis having it. So I'm doing it really as a I I texted him. I'm like, dude, um, I'll probably be the first person that, you know, that's saying that I'm having a gun made for medical reasons. Uh, (laughs) You know, I, I got a doctor's order. Um, well, basically, but, no, if he, you had a, if you got a few, if you got a couple extra bucks and you want to, you want to like customize your gun, he's yeah, the guy. Sounds, yeah, I mean, his work. Oh, is yeah, and, and I will tell you, I mean, you can look at pictures, and you know, you see, you see, a lot of people doing work on on firearms stuff like that. I will personally tell you, as someone who who uses, I mean, this is my this is my end of the world gun, right? This is like my rifle and my DEFCON three gun. Um, it is a game changer. It it, re, it does not feel like a Glock in any way, um, my, and it really does enhance your shooting. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get you. I get you. So listen, Yehuda, I, I want to thank you for uh, coming on the show and hanging out with us. And, you know, I firmly believe that uh, really all of us should contribute to building a stronger second amendment community so you're certainly doing your part with your books and your advocacy and i just want to thank you for that you know it's uh it's we, we've met so many people in the industry and uh people like yourself do really good work so thank you for that i appreciate it thank you very much of course to everyone listening we want to thank you again for taking time out of your day to listen to our show you can find links in the show notes to all of our social media so be sure to follow us on instagram facebook and twitter and discord so we can keep the conversation going